The Paternity Test is a comedy podcast for adults. If you're not a grown-up, get off the internet. It's a horrible place. Hello and welcome to episode 52 of The Paternity Test. I'm Todd Jay in the Chicago suburbs. And I'm Matt Barese in Chicago. And welcome back to the podcast that isn't sure what's in these gummy bears, but suddenly we're even more hungry and find James Franco funny. Must be something very potent. Potent for sure. So I'm out here in the western suburbs, and uh, and just yesterday out here in the western suburbs, we had some teenagers uh, fell ill at a high school because they had some what are being called tainted gummy bears. And I don't know. There's no such thing, as far as I'm concerned, no such thing as tainted gummy bears. If it's a gummy These bear, tainted it's... gummy bears are neither here nor there. <laughs> They're full of taint. <laughs> well, uh, so from what I'm reading in the story, it, it seems like they're just pod gummy bears, right? Is that is that right? Have they not? Well, they're, this shows you how, like, what a square and a narc and a, a, an old man I am. Is there some sort of? I can't believe it's not cannabis spray. Like, it implies that there's a THC drip that they put on these gummy bears. Is that a thing? On the outside of them? Because I think they are just, I think they're just pot gummy bears. Like, they were manufactured by a dispensary. By Tommy Chong? Well, the, the, no, they, they make, it's an edible. They make edibles very common because they, they have all, pots legal in half of the country right now. And I thought edibles were, like, butter-based. Not always. No, you there, no. There's pot suckers, and you could have all kinds of basically anything you could eat. You could somehow get pot into. So this was not a life hack. No, I don't think anyone uh, looked up. You know, found a video on their Facebook page. You know, uh, showing them how to spray pot oil onto gummy bears. This was uh, an OEM thing, an original equipment manufacturer. Pot yeah. gummy bear. I think. That, right. I think it's. Uh, it could have been for medicinal uses because there's different. You know, not everybody who uses pot for medicinal reasons wants to smoke it. So either you get it in some kind of a caplet form, or you get it in a in a edible form, and you just uh, get your, your pot delivery system uh, with some extra calories. Well, see, this is perfect. So all those old people with glaucoma, they can get circus peanuts with pot in them. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. You know, they get the uh, those peanut butter chews or the... Uh... <laughs> but yeah, you can yeah. get gummies, you can get chocolates, you can get... Uh, obviously, we know about brownies. I mean, I think that's the first... You know, we all have heard about pop brownies, but you can get all kinds of... Uh, you could even get hemp milk. So oh. you could dip your pot cookies in pot milk. And... Pot milk? I don't like milk or weed taste. What's like, they call it that's... hemp hemp milk which just makes me think of hemp makes me think of like hemp rope so i just right. picture the uh milk having these like strands of like fibrous milk fibrous yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's like sucking a sucking milk through a hippie's hoodie yeah oh my gosh do you have filtered <laughs> you're filtered through a drug rug <laughs> so was this uh i didn't know about this part this story until uh, Michael Rice from Opera Now put this on our mm-hmm. Facebook page, but I bet it was all the all the rage, all the Twitter up by where you live, right? What's the word on the street? 
Uh, well, the word on the street is that they think a kid just brought in some pot gummy bears that his parents had. Maybe his parents were recently on vacation in Colorado and brought some stuff home, some edibles, and this kid got a hold of them and gave them away to 11 friends who I don't think have ever had edible. And, and a lot of them are saying, I didn't know there was anything in this. I just had a gummy bear. They knew what I think. I mean, I the follow-up allegedly. Stories, the follow-up stories even in the trip say that the kids knew they were eating yeah, something. They just didn't know what was going to happen to them, and then they didn't like what happened to them. Well, why was it so profound what happened to them that they told? Oh, they I mean, ha- come on. Like, grow up. Oh, no, I'm too high. I better tell a grown-up. Well, you've heard the stories of, of people getting high for the first time and getting paranoid and then hiding in their bathtub covered by a mattress. And I think this is might that might have contributed to it. Like, they thought maybe they were going to die. Sure, or hiding in the bottom of Melissa Etheridge's boat and then impregnating her and her partner. Oh, wait, that's David Crosby. <laughs> well, I think Pot was involved there, too. <laughs> so they got too paranoid and they got freaked out. These, yeah, I take it these are very potent, these little... I didn't see any of these at Dylan's Candy Bar when I was there for Chicago Parrot. No, I wouldn't think so. Uh, I should have asked her where they, she kept the good stuff. Yeah, you got to know you gotta know the code for that. Mm-hmm. So I think, uh, you know, I, I didn't like when it said it, they were tainted or whatever they call them. Yeah, yeah they keep calling them tainted. Because corrupted. Corrupted. Because uh, it did make it sound like someone had taken a syringe and injected something into these gummy bears, or did some kind, some kind of alter. Well, yeah, I thought it was like when you give kids, you know, chocolate that's really X wax yeah. in high school, right? Like I thought it was a wacky prank. Although usually a wacky prank doesn't involve giving away your drugs, but I really did think that's what was <laughs> going on here. No, I. Think but now it's just these kids just can't handle their weed. Exactly. Candy. The, these gummy bears Lame. were made for the intention of containing pot and. They would just eat by kids who can't hold their pot. DuPage County. Lightweights. And now it's time for Pizza Robots and Laser Tag. That's where the Pizza Robot security guard never makes it out alive. Nope. You're not going to do it. Have you noticed that a huge... So have you played Five Nights at Freddy's? No, what is that? Really, I thought you played it when it first came out. It's an app. It's a phone game that was super popular starting, oh, I feel like I played it a couple years ago, at least a year ago, but now there's three or four versions of it out, and it's You're the Night Watchman at a Chuck E. Cheese knockoff. I've never heard of this. All the robots, the robots kill you. Oh. Uh, And it's very fun, and it's a jump scare game because you have to stare very intently at a screen, so you want to get, it's no fun unless you psych yourself out. You know, it's fun if you turn off the lights, turn up the sound, and get ready to be scared. Uh, because it's a cheap, scare game, but it can be very effective because you have to stare intently at this door that you're supposed to open and close, and then these robots get closer and eventually kill you. And they're making a big movie out of it. But what I've noticed in the last few weeks as the movie comes on is that the children's area in certain big box stores are filled with Five Nights at Freddy merch. But as far as I know, this is like a straight-up horror situation. Oh, yeah. Why would you Why would you market that to kids? I don't Night- know. They'll never want to go back to Chuck E. Cheese again. If I'm Chuck E. Cheese, I lobby to block this. Right? Know. Can you, at some point, can you call that, uh, 
not defamation of character, but what do you call it when a knockoff hurts your brand? Oh, yeah. In Latin, I believe that's knockoff hurts my brandiosis. I think that's a Harry Potter spell. <laughs> you just said. But, yeah, it, it, it does seem like it's bad for business if you're Chuck E. Cheese. Uh, I've, it's funny that I've never heard of this before. This is how I'm, I'm really out of touch here about this. But uh, it's a great concept. I love the concept of a night, like a, a horror movie taking place in a Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah. I just don't like the idea of it being marketed to kids. <laughs> right. <laughs> to a bunch of seven-year-olds. Well, give it a shot tonight. You can report back on the next show. Freddy's and what's it little, called again? Uh, five Nights at Freddy's. Five Nights at Freddy's. Okay, it's not fun I'm for very board. long, but I found it very fun for one night. You like? Do you like getting scared? I do. My wife got me into being scared, mostly with postpartum depression. So it's not. <laughs> it's not called Freddy's Jump Scare Factory. <laughs> it, it might as well be called that, but that sounds like perhaps you're looking at a. A mockbuster version. Oh, I bet it was. Oh, yeah, because this one's three bucks. That's the scary part. <laughs> yeah, the scary part is what you pay for an app that's only fun for a half an hour. <laughs> All right. Well, for the sake of the show, I think I'll I'll take one for the team here. Five Nights at Freddy's. Yeah, I'll check it out. Great. The, um, well, I haven't been to one. I haven't been to a Chuck E. Cheese in a long time. Um, my kids have outgrown it. And I'm kind of sad, except that I've also seen a lot of news reports about fights breaking out at Chuck E. Cheese's, so maybe I'm better off. I think Chuck E. Cheese is a victim of its own real estate choices. I think uh, Chuck E. Cheese, you know, is sort of a product of the, uh, would you say the 80s? Yeah. Showbiz and Chuck E. Cheese really blossomed in the 80s, Mm -hmm. and it blossomed in downtown areas that subsequently, subsequently went to hell. Yeah. So, almost well, and they also Chuck serve alcohol. What they do? Oh yeah, that's been. A, why do you think people? Why do you think parents are always willing to take their kids to Chuck E. Cheese because they can have a beer or some boxed wine? Right, right. It ain't so it now ain't you, for the salad have, bar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> they're not there for the ball pit. <laughs> oh man, they end up in the ball pit. Yeah, they're not there for the ball pit. So you know, you, you got. Parents who are drinking and, you know, a crowded area, frustration, and things boil over. and uh, Terrible return on investment of tickets. It is. Now, the, the Chuck E. Cheese, at least the one in our area, and I think this is a nationwide thing, they finally got smart and said, look, why— we're not going to make money on—we're not making money on the, on the video games themselves, so— uh, we're not going to make you pay a dollar to play a, you know, to play a video game or to shoot skee ball or whatever. So now every game, no matter what game it is, is a is one token. And one token is ten dollars. One token is ten dollars. The one token is a quarter still. So I love that about Chuck E. Cheese because I, you know, there are they a always cover? have one or two. No, there's no cover. Uh, How do they get you? Where well, they the, get the you? food they get you because they know you're going to get food while you're there. Pizza is sixty five dollars. Pizza is sixty five dollars. You're gonna inch. buy alcohol, and uh, which will make you need more pizza. Uh, and so yeah, they just you're get gonna you buy in, pot gummy bears. It's gonna make gu- you need more pizza. <laughs> That's right. So uh, anyway, I did like that they were quarter video games, but I haven't been to one in a while. My kids have outgrown it, and now I think we're definitely done with Chuck E. Cheese because Ellie just turned eleven. 
So my baby, my baby's eleven. Ironically, maybe, but I don't even, I don't even think they would do that. I guess you're probably not allowed to have an ironic party there. You're not. You're probably not. Hey, could you bring out someone in a Chuck E. Cheese costume so (laughs) we could shame him? (laughs) I tried to go with uh, with our friend Mike, uh, who lives in what West Virginia or someplace weird Mm -hmm. now, Uh, but we tried to go ironically. In the late 90s, and they turned us away. They were like, yeah, you need a kid to come in here, guys. (laughs) Go sober up and go home. (laughs) (laughs) You just wanted to play some video games and make some new friends? Yeah. Well, you know, uh, I've been grumpy about showbiz and Chuck E. Cheese since the, heck, since the late 80s, because it used to be, in the golden age of video games, it was mostly an arcade in the 80s. You know, it was like Dragon's Lair. And and then there were some rides for little ones, and then the robot animals played real pop songs. Yeah, dippy, just, co- dippy covers of them, but real pop songs. It was like so kids my dad bop, would sit there, but by animals instead of kids. Yeah, so my dad could drink a pitcher of beer and listen to the to the uh, robots sing songs by the turtles, and uh, I could go play Dragon's Lair. And then when Chuck E. Cheese bought Showbiz, they de-aged everything. Like it became only helicopters you fly on. Mm-hmm. And they reskin the robots as like fluffy chickens that sing "Old MacDonald Had a Farm." So I'm out. Oh yeah, you had me and you lost me. I don't think we've ever done a birthday party at a Chuck E. Cheese. I mean, we've we've attended them, but I don't think our kids ever requested one. Now I can't. I, I honestly couldn't tell you. Maybe there was one. I feel like most of our most of our uh, destination birthday parties were either like a bowling, that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. laser tag. Uh, but have I you done a laser tag birthday party, or have you been to one? We did a laser. We did one where it was a, one of the things you did because you mm-hmm. can't do all laser tag. It's uh, so you you would do you get some video game time, some laser tag time, and uh, and we've done bowling parties, uh, mm-hmm. and and now Ellie at eleven. You know, we told her last year at ten that was her last, like the last time we're throwing her. It's your last birthday, birthday young lady. <laughs> You'll be lucky to make it to eleven. Dysentery. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, well, we didn't know at the time that Trump was going to get elected president. So it could be we were actually right. not, it could, maybe this was her last birthday. Yeah. Enjoy yeah. your last birthday, not on an irradiated husk of an earth. <laughs> so uh, so this year there's no birthday party. And uh, first of all, not only that, Ellie had to spend her birthday at her brother's basketball game because he had a, his last basketball game of the season. And it was like a championship game for the end of the year conference tournament. So it wasn't anything you could just blow off necessarily. So unlike birthday, <laughs> unlike a birthday, which you could totally blow off. <laughs> so what? Well, so I, I bribed her. I got her some. I went out and got her like an activity book, <laughs> some pot gummies. Some here pot eat these. Gum- <laughs> That's right. She she had some of those, and then just started running across the basketball court, screaming about how. <laughs> The referee is a some kind of a death monster trying to get her. Except <laughs> throwing basketballs days. at his head. Eleven year olds <laughs> can't take their edibles. That's right. So you got to start them even earlier, I guess. Mm-hmm. So I got her this. I got her this book that was kind of interesting. It was called. It's called Paint by Stickers. Hmm. So um, I'm listening. <laughs> see, if, see if this. See if this makes sense. So there's a there's a a mosaic like picture, almost like a stained glass type of picture. So there's like fish or bird, butterfly, uh, other things, and so 
the I guess you'd call it what's that called? Like where it's geometric shapes. Like I guess like a mosaic. Fractals? Like yeah, yeah. So each little fractal or geometric shape is a sticker that you get another page out of the book that that so like paint by number. So each square has a, a, a some kind of designation. I think it's a letter and a number, like a D three, D four, D five. And so you have to find that sticker and you put it, you peel the sticker, you put it on there. It's like adult coloring books. So I was going to get her an adult coloring book because she's kind of outgrown kid coloring books, but she liked the idea of the adult coloring books because they're more complex. Uh, and this is like that. Sure, it's, it's like in uh, the behind the green door, the coloring book, mm-hmm. or uh, um, Clockwork Orange. Sure, Emmanuel, the coloring book. <laughs> so the I am curious, yellow, the coloring book, adult, adult themes. Yeah. Well, when I first thought adult coloring book, I thought it'd be like, I'm thinking like pornographic coloring books, which, mm-hmm. uh, which luckily it wasn't. I'm sure, they that. make those too. I'm sure they do. <laughs> I haven't. I didn't just go deep enough in my Google search. Uh, so this is a. This was in the adult coloring book section. So it wasn't in the kid stuff. It was by the adult coloring books, and. Uh, I guess it's therapeutic. Some people find it calming to just sit there and peel off stickers and place them on this thing and not have to really think and not worry about going outside the lines and picking the right color. They are just following directions. It's like being working in a factory in China, I'm sure. You just sit well, down. People and- dig the adult coloring books. I bought one for my friend's wife who was like laid up with having a baby in the hospital. People dig it. They're very relaxed. If, they, if you like coloring when you're little, I didn't really like coloring when I was little. I prefer drawing. But it, some people really like stickers. I mean, I, I, given my Ooh. daughter's love of stickers now, I bet Viva would like an adult sticker book in 30 years or whenever she becomes an adult. Well, uh, so uh, Ellie hasn't cracked this open yet, so I don't know if she's really going to like it or not. Uh, mm. I got it for her to do at the basketball game, but then it turns out that, <laughs> that a couple of her friends were there, so it was all good. So I got her that, some... Uh, some candy and a, and a root beer to have at the game because that's she's a she's a big fan of root beer and uh, I got these a bag of Sour Patch Kids that were they're twice as big they look like they ate the other Sour Patch Kids because they're twice as big as a normal so they're Sour Patch Kids multiple bites yes you kind of knife and fork not for me yeah <laughs> you got a knife and fork it for sure so you know how I have the weird reaction to sour things where my head itches and I sweat. Yes, I, indeed, I do. Um, Ellie has the same thing. What? Yeah, she totally Aww. does it. She gets the, her she her head, head itches and she sweats when she eats. Chip sour off stuff. the old gummy block, but but she loves them just the same as I do. We're willing to fight through the pain. So Ellie uh, didn't, you know. So then, this is the great scam that I love. Our tradition, our birthday tradition, that whosoever's birthday it is picks, and we go out to dinner. So I just love it when it's anybody's birthday because we get to go out to dinner. Uh, although Ellie is underwhelming me with her birthday dinner choices over the last couple of years. Olive Garden every year. Well, this year was Jersey Mike's. Oh, the sub shop? Yeah, she just wanted. I, she was almost going to go to Jimmy John's, and I said, "Well, let's try it." You know, okay, you want a sub sandwich? I understand. Let's find. You know, no Jersey Mike's. At least there, I can get a hot sandwich. I think yeah. I, I think I got. And I don't, like think, a I don't think Jersey steak. Mike is known for like shooting the last black rhino and and. Uh, oh, there's that. I haven't. You know, I haven't supported that the Nazi party. <laughs> yeah, if Ellie found that out about the the animal thing, I think that would break her heart. Mm. Uh, Viva found it out a couple days ago. 
because she uh, we were walking by Jimmy John's and she always wants to go to Jimmy John's and I don't like Jimmy John's because one there's too much bread so she never gets through the bread to the sandwich mm-hmm. so it's worthless to take her there it's overpriced yeah it is like they're pretty mediocre sandwiches and you end up dropping you know upwards of twenty bucks for she and I to get horrible sandwiches she doesn't eat so she said can we go to Jimmy John's and I said nope he kills <laughs> animals you like and he <laughs> loves it. Uh, and he supports Trump. And uh, she was like, I said, if we spend our money on his sandwiches, he'll use the sandwiches to buy more bullets and kill more animals. <laughs> and she was like, well, we're not going there anymore. And then a mom overheard, I was right by our, our house in Chicago, and uh, one of our neighbors, who I don't know, was pushing a stroller by and overheard us and came over and like congratulated me on my parenting. Oh, really? Yeah, we had a moment. It ended in tears, actually. Oh, she was, I said, I'm really not an activist, but I said, uh, you know, these last few weeks have been so parenting is a new challenge to try and turn your kid into a good person. And then she was like, yeah, it's so hard. And then she like was crying and then I was crying. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> all for the want of a sub. That couldn't be awkward at all. Not, a, not at all weird. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure the two kids are sitting there looking at each other looking at their parents that don't know each other cry. I'm just wondering what the heck is going on. Jeez, all I wanted was a six-inch uh, pastrami yeah. and white. Yeah. So Ellie, so she wanted Jersey Mike's. Jersey Mike's. So we did that, and then we went through the Portillo's drive-through and got some cake uh, to take home. Nice. I was lobbying for the the full cake as opposed to just uh, some slices. Mm-hmm. And uh, so Kelly got on board with it. She's like, "Well, if we're going to pay like twelve bucks for four slices, just get a whole cake for twenty. Which is it's ridiculous to pay twenty dollars for a two layer cake when I know that they make it from the box mix. They just use store bought product, so oh, really? their total investment in that cake. Uh, I suppose I don't know what their investment in terms of labor and like storage and overhead is, but the materials you're talking about three dollars and fifty cents. Well, they got to get all those like nineteen twenties cars inside the restaurant and stuff. So there's there's an overhead cost, I guess. So it doesn't taste the same without all that gangster paraphernalia on the walls. There's not a mannequin dressed as Al Capone. I, I it doesn't even taste like Italian beef to me. <laughs> so I didn't factor that in to the to the cost, but they do charge you twenty dollars for a full cake. Yikes! Uh, and I was willing to do it for Ellie's birthday, uh, and uh, <laughs> make the sacrifice. Make Very the noble sacrifice. of you, sir. So I go in and I'm like, I'd like a whole cake, and they're like, "You cannot have a whole cake. They are all I, gone." I'm like, who? <gasps> and I, I already made my daughter have her birthday party at my son's basketball game, and all <laughs> I got her was a, a coloring book of the Rose Window at Notre Dame. <laughs> <laughs> and she can't even color it. She has to peel the stickers off and put them on. That's right. So, uh, well, I was lucky enough that they did have some slices, so I did walk away with four slices. Uh, which really was enough. Like a full slice of what you get in, you know, that's a lot of cake and it's so rich. Having a whole one of those in the house would not have been a good idea. Well, it, it pro- I mean, having no. a slice wasn't a good idea, but it was delicious. A delicious idea. You know, your wife, your wife's pretty frugal and your wife, of course, is like the, the, the nutrition queen of the world. Um, but she's a softie when it comes to Portillo's desserts because didn't, oh, yeah. for your, like a big anniversary, didn't you fill your trunk with uh, chocolate cake shakes? Yeah, where did I? Yeah, I or I like you just it was, put like a tub liner in your trunk and you literally filled it with chocolate cake shakes. I think you guys that, just like stuck your heads underneath. I think that was just the cake. I think I had cake in the car in the trunk, 
oh, okay. and we ate it in the car after we went to go see a show or something for anniversary, and uh, we instead of trying to find a place to go out for dessert afterwards, which was our you plan, took her out to Inspiration Point and fed her some cake. Yes, I think we ate it in a parking garage, so it wasn't as romantic as I imagined it, but it's still good cake. Well, that's where you conceived your kids, and they're still good kids. <laughs> that's right. Hey, folks, the gift-giving season is upon us, and you're going to be doing a lot of shopping on Amazon. Why not put those dollars to work keeping this show on the air? Do it by using the support page on our webpage, paternitypodcast.com. Click on support. You'll see an Amazon box. Click on that, and Amazon opens. You do your holiday shopping through Amazon. They know you came through the portal, and they send a portion of their profits, and we use it to pay for this show. You don't sign up for anything. You don't pay anything extra. If all of our listeners did any portion of their holiday shopping through the portal, we, it would really help us pay for the cost, the bandwidth, the uh, the tech support, the uh, the airplane, that would really help pay for those things. Um, so just type in what you're looking for. Do that holiday shopping through the portal. Todd, I need your mentorship, your advice. Yeah, what can I do for you? Well, uh, as you know, we now live in a residence hall at Northwestern University. Mm-hmm. Uh, the kids are going on break uh, starting oh. in a day, and they won't be back till after New Year's. And we have the building... To ourselves, so we have our. The bad news is the dining hall is closed, so I'm going to have to buy groceries for the first time in months. Oh, I'm very no. sad about that. Very sad about that. The baby's not going to get any soft serve unless we buy our soft serve machine for Christmas. Can't they just but, move the one from the cafeteria into your into your apartment for a while? That's a good idea. They're not using it for anything. <gasps> I'm going to have Professor Foster make a phone call. <laughs> they, they always listen to her. Well, we have our unit, and then we have the entire engagement center, and I think the hallways where all the kids' rooms are, and we have the weight room, and we have the the garage, and we have the nest, and we have the privacy booths, and the Skype rooms, and the and the uh, uh, you know interfaith uh, chapel thing, Um, just space after space after space, multiple classrooms. We got the run of the joint. So, and everybody leaves. There's nobody. They have to go. They have like, to. Everyone leave. must go. Nobody's staying and taking a winter class. Like, yoink. Everybody's out. The RAs are out. Everybody's gone except for us. Even the security guards won't be sitting there. Wow. This and sounds like the is, best part of this gig is is these moments. Yeah, you don't get the food in those weeks, but to have the whole place to yourself is pretty cool. Yeah. I don't know if you can make love in 386 rooms in <laughs> that amount of time, but we'll give it the old college try. <laughs> Well, Viva's sad because all her college-age friends are going away for a few sure. weeks. Yeah. So to, to who's going to get her into all the bars while she's <laughs> while they're gone? But when they come back, they'll bring her. She'll get uh, you know six hundred senior frogs T-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that maybe I could get her. We get some laser tag equipment. Oh. Ah. Uh, you follow? I you should like come it. actually. You should come and bring either or both of the kids, and we can laser tag. Wow. I have a set of four. Uh, I don't even know if they make these anymore, but I, they were one of the best investments ever. Uh, Nerf made a laser tag gun for a while that didn't require you to wear, like, 
the vest or anything. The the sensor was built into the gun, so you just had to shoot the other person's gun to score a point. See, that's great because it, it uh, circumvents the biggest problem of our youth with laser tag, which is you stand behind a tree and the game is frozen forever. Yeah. If you stick your gun out to shoot at somebody, then you are exposed. Now, that's great. That's fantastic. So um, these are, I forget what they're called, but I... Nerf laser tag. Phoenix? Uh, let me take a look at it. Put just... Nerf laser tag guns into yeah. Amazon. Yeah. Now, I don't know if those are still in production. No. <laughs> that these... price tells me that uh, these are out of production. Wow. You think I could sell my, my uh, set of four for like 600 bucks then? Because I see these prices... Looks I'm like seeing a, a pair for eighty five. I'm seeing a pair for three hundred and nineteen dollars. Now a pair for eighty five might end up because I feel like a pair was fifty nine dollars when I bought them. But those wow, things, they were expensive back in the day. Well, they're they're pretty good. I mean, they did what they were supposed to. Laser tag multiplayer battle system by Hasbro, $589. Holy smokes. Because you could either play uh, you could either play on teams or solo modes. So you could have four players playing uh, ind- independently, and it tracks your scores. Oh. Or you can be on Team 1 or Team 2. So you just set your gun to whether you're Team 1 or Team 2. So, yeah, we have four of these. I think... Uh, so these... this. These aren't available, but uh, I think you need to borrow mine for sure. I might have to. Wow, 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 wow. Well, and now yours are gun looking, right? Yeah. Because I did think about um, getting shot, like by a police officer. Why? But they're bright colors, and you're. I don't know. Orange tip, orange tip, orange tip. As I go down in a hail of bullets. (laughs) Uh, You're pretty white, though. I'm pretty white, pretty white. But what if they see me dance? <laughs> then they'll then they'll know. Yeah, I guess I guess then they'll think you must be dangerous. I'll say my life matters too. <laughs> <laughs> they do have one of these legacy toys. These look like knockoffs, but they're still eighty four bucks for two of them. So uh, here's there's one here that's forty two dollars for four, and it's intergalactic rocket laser tag set, and it looks like a little spaceship that sits on your hand. So then I don't have to, like, train my daughter to run around the building with a pistol. It's more of a little space, looks like a little, like, Buzz Lightyear ship. Oh. I just don't know if these work. Yeah, it's that's tricky. You'll never know until you spend the money. Ugh. Now, what about, uh, the other thing that we have a lot of is those is the Nerf dart, you know, the dart guns. Oh, like, yeah, like Nerf. Like, yeah. I guess when we were kids, Nerf was just squishy footballs. Now it's mostly weapons. Mostly weapons, yeah. Crazy amounts of weapons, too. I was in a Toys R Us the other day. There's like 17 aisles of Nerf guns. Yeah, they're popular. The Nerf uh, Strike Force or whatever that's called, uh, I think we have some of those. Uh, I've got a good collection of those, too. You really should just invite us over. <laughs> we, <laughs> I think so. Just bring all the weapons you have. Yes. All the pretend weapons you have. Oh, we're, yeah, we're full of pretend weapons. We've got Nerf... Nerf guns that are that are bows like a crossbow, and uh, uh, other ones with like clips of. I think Alex has a clip that holds thirty darts, so you, you know semi-automatic. Just keep firing as fast oh as you can goodness. pull the trigger. <laughs> it's a hail of a hail of darts. 
You're like militia. You're like doomsday preppers if the apocalypse could be defeated by sponge. If you like the paternity test, please help us tell other people about it. You can subscribe on iTunes and leave us a review. It's quick and it's easy, and it helps other listeners find us. Uh, you can also get the podcast on any app or any other way that you get your podcast. Just search for us, and you'll be able to get us there. We also want to thank listener Patrick for his generous donation via PayPal on our support page at paternitypodcast.com. This isn't Patrick's first donation, and we want him to know that we appreciate it. Uh, and if you don't like the show, blame people like Patrick who keep it going. It's his fault. We do it for him. <laughs> Thanks, Patrick. Damn you, Patrick. We have to keep doing this because of you. Read our weekly paternity test blog at chicagoparent.com and our monthly column, Viva Daddy, in Chicago Parent Magazine, available wherever we let someone else play with it for a while, since we already got our turn. And now it's time for Eat This and That, where an in-house soft serve machine may soon be a reality. Oh, I can't wait. It's coming. It's coming to you. The twist cup will get the twist cone machine. Uh, so, Matt, you brought something up that I'm glad you did because I've noticed this, and I'm sure uh, everyone else does. And uh, so tell, t- tell us what, you, what you've figured out. I've noticed on my Facebook feed, between fake news segments uh, excoriating various people's uh, choice in politicians – uh, there are these recipe videos that are so sped up like time-lapse videos of people making food or cocktails, uh-huh. which is weird unto itself, I think. Well, uh, I actually enjoy watching food being made. <laughs> uh, yeah, I bet you like that. Uh, what was that show that was on? In a 24-hour broadcast day, 20 hours of it on the Food Network for the first, like, 10 years of the Food Network was a show hosted by the guy who hosted Double Dare, and it was mostly candies on on conveyor belts. Oh, yeah. That was Mark Summers. Is that Mark his name? Mark Summers. Unwrapped. And unwrapped, yes. Uh, well, I see, it used to be that the Food Network was all Iron Chef. Uh, and Japanese Iron Chef. Japanese, good, yeah. The old Japanese cool. Iron Chef. Yeah, and unwrapped with Mark Summers. Uh, uh, so I, it's it's like how it's made, but with food, right? So that's that's what unwrapped was. They show you like the factory line of jelly beans, and how they coat the jelly beans uh, before you get to eat them. Uh, and I always imagine those factories. If like, imagine how fresh and good that stuff is right off the floor like that. Like if you can grab a Reese's peanut butter cup right at the end of the conveyor belt, I bet it's so much better than. After it's been in the wrapper for six months, do you think so? I bet. I bet it is. I bet a fresh one. You could tell the difference. Like when it was just killed. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's exactly. just picked. When just they harvested just the earwax flavor into the jelly belly. Yeah, I bet that is uh, is much better than than the ones you get in the store. Absolutely. So I've I've always liked. Watch and these, so these videos I mostly like. I like watching food. I like even the sped up ones where they're making a dish. To me, it gives me some ideas. I don't want to make what they're making, but I might get an idea of a variation of something that I like to make or something. So I do like to watch the videos. But I'm just noticing that it seems as they run out of ideas, they're just getting gross, right? Aren't they get, aren't getting? They're the getting so gross and so extreme. And I think because you're used to seeing them, and mm-hmm. because we're Americans, so anytime we see a picture with words on it, we automatically believe it. 
if you don't look closely at the video, you don't realize that what's being made is a horrifying abomination. Oh, yeah. And the absolutely. one that made me notice, if I have one, like, the grossest thing in the world to me, like, I could probably, I could probably watch, like, I could probably eat a sandwich while looking at a pro-life protest grizzly billboards. But what I can't stand is wet bread. Most of these are wet bread. Are you kidding me? Most of the time they start by opening a can of biscuit dough and cutting it into quarters and spreading that around a pan that you're going to cover in some kind of a some kind of, you know, topping that you're going to bake and then pull this wet bread out. Oh. Or you take a loaf of bread and you cut it but not all the way through, just enough to separate it and then you stuff it with oil and butter and garlic and cheese and bake it and then pull apart the wet bread and eat it. The only people who should eat wet bread are ducks. <laughs> and they really shouldn't be eating it either. It's not good for them. <laughs> There's a quiet. reason wet bread's not good for ducks. The same reason it's not good for people. <laughs> it's wet bread. And, uh, uh, yeah, so it's – and a lot of them I'm noticing are just uh, different ways to combine all the white ingredients. It's like how many ways can you combine biscuit dough, cr- uh, cream cheese, butter – uh, and mozzarella cheese. And See, Parmesan. and I think there's a direct correlation between classlessness and beigeness of food. Oh, all the beige foods are in these videos. See, if you're a four-year-old girl or something, I can see how, like, you know, when you're at that age in life where you only want to eat French fries and chicken fingers or whatever, right? But if you are over about seven, you should want color in your food. And these are so beige. I was puzzled because the one that I sent you a link to it said next to the image, like, shareable bread has never been so exciting. And I thought, what bread is not shareable? Like, breaking bread is the very, is like the <laughs> metaphor for eating with people. So what bread is solo bread? Personal pan, uh, baked goods. I, I'm hearing a video play in the background. I don't think you can hear this on yours right now, but I just hit the link on your buffalo Pull apart bread. Speaking of shareable breads, mm-hmm. and uh, so I'm going to I'm going to mute this video or turn it down while I talk here. So it is once again it starts with some kind of a crescent roll or something <laughs> out of a out of a can. You get white you get white dough out of a can. You you cover it with all kinds of gross toppings. Now this pull apart bread I've seen this this version of it before where they stack you stack it sideways and then bake it so that you could just pull it apart and it's already separated. Finally, a way to separate bread from itself it's yeah. it's like it's the it's the easiest thing since um, there's bread another that can't one be separated yeah every one of these videos starts with white foods and they combine it until it's just this gross mass that you have to you have to dig your hands in and pull apart which i don't want to eat bread that everyone's had their hands down in yeah. is this for people who live in dorms and don't own a knife I guess so, because everything is so, yeah, everything is something you have to be able to reach your hand in. And like this, where they take the crescent rolls and they lay it out and then fill it and, and fold it over the top and make a ring. It looks like a wreath of, but then it's just filled with meat and cheese. You know, I mean, I like meat. I like cheese. I like crescent rolls. But I have a policy. I've said it on the show before, that none of your ingredients should be a complete food. Mm-hmm. Like a complete pack, prepackaged food. You're on trashy grounds when you are what your first ingredient is a finished product and if you open a, a tube of crescent rolls it should be because you're about to eat some crescent rolls 
No, not on these recipes. It's just, uh, and every one of them, I look at it when it for, when the video first starts. I go, oh, maybe this will be. Oh wait, oh, oh, oh no, what? No, not that. No, don't do that. Oh no, oh, I can't eat that. My That's- favorite ingredient in the <laughs> buffalo chicken pull apart bread is more buffalo sauce. Just put more more buffalo sauce. Sure. <laughs> And, and the, talk about if it's not gross enough that everybody's got their hands in it, they've got their hands in something that's 90% buffalo sauce. <laughs> yeah, I hope you don't have any open wounds. <laughs> any friends with hangnails are like laying on your dining room floor <laughs> screaming. Just cut it off. <laughs> oh, my God. But it's so good. Yeah, the – oh, my gosh. I don't know what to make of these videos because I feel like they're getting desperate and they're – if anyone – and here's the problem. You shared the buffalo sauce thing with, like, as a joke, saying this is so disgusting. Look at this thing, this more buffalo sauce. Three people within 15 minutes on my Facebook feed shared it. Like, I got to make this this weekend. And I'm like, please don't. Like, I just can't. There's only so many funerals I can go pail? to. It's like you start with a five-gallon pail. You fill it with crescent rolls. You put in, <laughs> you put in two gallons of... Uh, Buffalo sauce, one more layer of crescent rolls, another gallon of buffalo sauce, and you roll it down a hill and into your mouth. Social media isn't just for pizza and human trafficking. It's also for us. Like our page on Facebook, share our posts, and follow us on Pinterest, on Instagram at The Paternity Test, and on Twitter at The Dad Test. Send us a question or a comment for the paternity test mailbag. Just email us at paternitypodcast at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at our phone number, 657-BAD-DADS. And now it's time for planes to catch and bills to pay, where you better spend some time with your kids because they're going to pick your nursing home. (laughs) Well, I feel like I have a lot more to pick your brain about these days, Todd, because my daughter is transitioning into childhood. Oh, okay, into childhood. I thought you meant she was... (laughs) Like, they got to call her Victor now or something. <laughs> That's right. She's transitioning. Um, <laughs> luckily, all the bathrooms on campus are already uh, genderless. So we're good. All right. It's a progressive place. Well, and she'll, uh, she, she'll win an Emmy for Best Comedy now. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Have you ever watched that show? Is it really a comedy? How is transparent a comedy? It looks so serious. Whenever I see a clip, everybody's crying. <laughs> How funny could that be? <laughs> it's hilarious. I think it's one of those sad coms, sad like Louie or Lady Dynamite, that's... Yeah. intermittently funny and sort of always looks at the absurdity of life while mm. while tearing your guts out. <laughs> I haven't watched it. I feel bad that I haven't. Why are you so hateful? I don't know. I like to just laugh, laugh. I don't want to laugh, cry. <laughs> yeah, when you're in that mood. You know what I feel like doing is having a qualified laugh tonight. <laughs> I like to temper my happiness with unhappiness. <laughs> Yeah, it's like I want to end all my laughter with, ah. you know, it's like you've like you've had an epiphany. The comedy has somehow enlightened you. <laughs> First I don't want thing that. The recipe is crescent rolls. The second thing is thumbtacks. <laughs> <laughs> so what is so? He was transitioning into childhood, like not just yeah. toddlerdom or terrible or, threes or just small preschoolers, but an act, a full on child childhood yeah i mean i guess is early childhood where she is right now what's yeah that's early childhood. five 
Early childhood. Yeah, and your daughter is transitioning out of childhood into tweendom. Yeah, she's straight up tween. She's full tweendom. Full tweendom, going into junior high uh, next year. Is uh, 13 tween or is just 11 and 12 tween? No, it's just 12 11 and tween. 12. Just 11 and 12, I think, are tweens. Okay. You got to include 11 in there because having a, having a term for one age is dumb because then you would just say they're 12. Oh, you know, yeah. <laughs> if 12 were the only tween, like, oh, she's a tween. Why'd you just say she's 12? <laughs> you know? <laughs> Of right. course. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. So uh, I would have to say, if it's not two ages, because I feel like 10 is not quite, you can't call that a tween. Although you could say mm-hmm. they're in between, you know, single digits and teenagerdom. So maybe that. But uh, 11 and 12 to me. That's I was in a room full of 10-year-olds today. I was in a fifth grade, and they were kids. Yeah. So she's but eleven and twelve, I would say, are, are tweens. So, uh, so yeah, she's she's also trying to figure out kind of where she fits in that spectrum of what kinds of kids are there. You know, at that age, you have the ones who are a little mature for their age that you you catch you you might catch swearing if they don't realize you're nearby. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I wanted to. This was the age. Remember, Alex got caught once saying. Damn it! On the playground, and you had this. I remember this. A one-day detention or something, and mm-hmm. that was around that age, and uh, same age as Ellie now. So anyway, uh, she's trying Didn't to he make out. up a swear that was like an, uh, some sort of portmanteau of other swears. Hmm. Didn't he say like "damn hell"? He, I, you know what? I I can't think of it. I think there was some kind of a weird combo he was trying out. If you're a listener who can remember what our children used to be like, yeah, uh, give us a call. Six five seven, bad dads. Let us know what they said. So, uh, what is what are the big changes in Viva that you're seeing? Well, she's now spending time. I guess she has. How do I say this? She has her own life outside of our lives. That's the big change. That's where you hit the nail on the head. Where she will not be dependent on you for all of her entertainment all the time. And it makes me, you know, when you are constantly entertaining your child for years, right? From birth mm-hmm. till through four, at your, your, your child's like only stimulus, like only source of input. Yeah. Unless you hand them over to the television or the iPad. But like they play all their games with you. They go everywhere with you. You're, they're virtually not out of your sight for four years. Mm-hmm. And that for those four years, you're like, gee, I wish I could go to the bathroom (laughs) but then as soon as they become a child and are out of your sight you're like wait no because really you know a child before five to me seems less like a a independent human like a sovereign human in your house and more like i don't know like some suede shoes that you own but really need to take good care of because if you get them wet you're boned oh so it's just like a really high maintenance yeah. possession yeah. that you're extremely fond of. <laughs> and I realized the other day that she, I mean, she's, she goes to all day junior kindergarten, uh-huh. and they went in on a field trip. Do they really call it junior kindergarten? Yeah, it's a That's thing now. That's hilarious. JK. Like junior high, but junior mm-hmm. kindergarten. Yeah. That's great. That's middle great. preschool. Middle preschool. I'm in middle preschool. I'm in secondary preschool. I'm in <laughs> ultra high preschool. <laughs> I'm in uh, pre-beginner preschool. 
I'm on the kindergarten prep track. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I guess as the kids go to school earlier and earlier, they're going to have to think of more names for what they're in besides preschool because they don't want to be in preschool for four years. Because then you'll right, make, you'll they're think start that going they're to school help. at six months yeah, like, now, so they're going to need a name for it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, that's funny that they call it jun- junior kindergarten. Senior nursery school. Why can't, why can't it just all be preschool or early childhood? No, there's pre-K, pre-K JKK. <laughs> LOL. <laughs> so what? <laughs> okay, so she's in full day pre-K. No, full day junior K. Junior mm-hmm. junior pre K no full day, full day pre K full day pre K or full day junior K R F O L M A O L M F A O well I was at work and uh-huh. she was at work she was at school and they went on a field trip to go see a play like they went to go oh. see an Emerald City musical at the Apollo in Chicago and as I was like lecturing I suddenly realized that my daughter was sitting in a theater seat in Chicago. Taken in some culture. And you were nowhere around. So far from her. Like, it would take me hours to even get to her, for any of us to get to her. And surrounding her were just her friends, a couple of teachers. Like, they went there on a bus. They got off the bus, wow. like, in a little line. She went into a theater. They, like, gave her a pre-show talk. She had a program in her lap. You know, she ate there. Like, she brought a lunch. Mm-hmm. Like, an entire life. And, you know, I could ask her how the play was after school. You know, after she gets home, I say, how was the show? She says, Worm was funny. And that's about all I get. But she had eight hours of yeah. experiences that I'll never that truly know. share with her. Yeah, and you don't know really how it affected her. Because her saying Worm was funny, uh, you know, you don't really know, was there something that made her curious or scared her? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, she's just, it's going to be hard to get stuff out of him. I, I tell you what, I can't, you can't get... And, and this is no surprise, but trying to every day at dinner, uh, I I try the whole how was your day, what did you do, and I can't get more than a word at a time. How was your day? If you're Fine. Lucky, what did you, you do? Off. Nothing. Did you have a good day? Yes. Did you do anything different? No. Did anything happen? No. What else was going on? Nothing. And so that's pretty much my daily report. Mm-hmm. Uh. So, yeah, it's uh, you don't know what goes on in those seven hours. So all you can do is uh, now, now don't is think there any way to I try to I try to it doesn't work. I don't know why it would work for you. It doesn't work for me. But I try to change those questions to like to uh, questions that necessitate an answer that you can't just say nothing to. Like I it, like the, the big question is, what was your favorite thing you did today? Yeah, yeah, that's a good way to do that. And uh because to say nothing to that, you got to really hate your old man, you know? Yeah, I think I still get nothing. I've tried. I try to I, – because I don't want the one-word answers, and I, I know that I have to rephrase the questions. I think I have tried the tell me something that happened today or tell me something you did today or tell me – yeah, anything like that. But I like the what was your favorite part of this or what was your favorite thing to do today. Normally when I a- ask that, it, the, the default answer is recess. You know, oh, sure. What was your favorite part? Today? Oh, recess. We played mm-hmm. outside, you know. Uh, but uh, Ellie does like to show off her homework, you know, like when she gets it back and it's great. She, if she gets good grades or whatever, she likes to show that off. So that will spark some conversation sometimes. So, but don't don't fool yourself into thinking that 
you're still not going to have to spend hours entertaining your daughter for many, many years to come. So you just have, you, you just share that time. She gets some of that time to herself now and that where she doesn't have to look over her shoulder and, and wonder, you know, if, uh, you know, whatever she's about to do is the right decision or whatever, you know, it's plain. Well, I guess friend. what, ups- what ups- uh, upsets me is that it means she's becoming her own person as opposed to a tiny, like clone of me that I am feeding my own tastes and, and implanting memories in. I think like she, she's having experiences that are pulling her away from me and making her into a fully formed human apart from me. Yeah. But she'll see, here's the thing though. I mean, if you don't think that you've already kind of molded kind of where she's headed in terms of everything, value she's system, been, everything, well, everything that she is experiencing now is going to be through the lens of her, of her time with you and Melissa, you know what I mean? So, uh, everything that, that, that she does and how she does it, you're going to see a little bit of you guys in that. So we've formatted her. We've given her the operating system. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. And she just has to fill it with all of her own data. With, with swears she learned from other kids. Yeah, all the new swears. <laughs> so I was... Uh, at a basketball game, and there was a friend of Alex's there, a girl, not his girlfriend. Uh, I have to make that clear because every time I say girlfriend, he corrects me. Uh-huh. Um, but a girl that that goes to a different junior high, but he has a lot of friends at that junior Whoa. high, and so somehow they know each other and 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 communicate, you know, text and Snapchat or whatever. Um, and the language of love, yeah, Snapchat, and uh, so she shows up at the basketball game. He plays he's playing against that school last week, and she is walking in. She, I've never met her. I know who she is from the from a picture that that he had on, on his phone, and I go, "Who's that?" And he told me, and so I recognize her. And so she walks in. She's an eighth grader, like he is. And I'm in the bleachers, and there's a there's a group of her friends at the top of the bleachers, and they call down to her, "Hey, you, blah blah, daddy, look at me." And so she kind of looks up and she slowly just stares at them kind of through me past like right over my head. She has to, you know, probably looking at the reflection off my bald head to see them better. (laughs) She's looking through me to her friends and she's just looking up and she just holds up her middle finger right at them and just holds it there for a couple of seconds and then puts it away. So that was your first impression of Alex's girlfriend? Yeah. She flipped you. (laughs) And the first thing I wanted to do was stand up and like, Walk up to her and say, "Oh, hi! Uh, I'm I'm Mr. Melkars. I'm Alex's dad. It's nice to finally meet you in person. I've seen you know, and just <laughs> so she knew that I was she was directly in front of me when she did that. But uh, such a I don't know, such an eighth grader thing to do is to just not realize that you're she's in a a gym. The bleachers are full of parents watching their kids play basketball, and she doesn't realize that all the parents looking." At her, like pat, that have to look past her to the basketball game, can see her all flipping see off her, her friends, finger, all the children, yeah. all the grandmas, everybody at that game. Yeah, yeah. so that's, that's a pretty great thing to do. But think about it. You know, when you were in eighth grade, you probably just would have pulled up your shirt to show the gun in your waistband and then that's kept right. walking. That's right. You gotta you gotta flash it, you gotta flash it. But here's the thing about that. So she did that. I bet she is a great girl, probably. Right, but. You know, she does teenagery things, like sure. flips the bird. If I wasn't flipping the bird six times an hour in eighth grade, then it was I was having an off day. Right. You must have been dead asleep. Yeah. <laughs> I think I even did it in my sleep quite a bit, too. You know, you're always <laughs> pulling that thing out. 
we had all kinds of different. Like it, it was a competition to see how many how many great ways you could flip somebody off in a day. You know, I think my favorite oh, sure. my favorite was to, you would hold you would you would show <laughs> you take your middle finger and your thumb and you put your thumb in. I'm doing it right now, but you can't see it. You'd put your you'd hold your middle finger up at him with the thumb sticking out. That method I never liked the you middle finger with the just middle finger only. Hey parents, if you got your kids in the car with you right now, uh, make sure they hear this part because they got <laughs> they got to learn how they're gonna middle finger. Uh, oh, so are you saying are you hold the fingers down with the thumb or stick the thumb yeah, out? Do you, do you stick the thumb out or do you do the Molly Ringwald where the, all the other knuckles are really high? Like the Molly Ringwald in in uh, in Breakfast Oh yeah, Club. I don't do that. I don't but I find that either. slightly uncomfortable. As a matter of fact, it, to do the like it, Molly Ringwald like werewolf hand version where yeah. all your knuckles are up. <laughs> That's like the I don't know what you'd call that. Like the prissy middle finger or like the I don't know. But yeah, so either you so do you do one finger with everything else tucked in, or do you stick your thumb out? I think I think as a kid I held, I, I I tucked the thumb in. Now I don't know that I would, but I'm probably more arthritic now than I was 20 years ago. People can't even really tell what you're doing. Right. They just see a gnarled stump of a hand. They're like, what's that old man doing? I think he needs help. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it was uh, uh, always a fun way to flip each other out. So this one was with thumb out, middle finger, and then you stick the middle finger up to your nose and point the finger at the person. You go, like your, oh, nice. like your machine gun middle fingers at them. Mm-hmm. There's a very south side way to do it. That's right. <laughs> so anyway, so I, I, it's not like I can go. Oh my goodness! I can't believe an eighth grade girl flipped the bird. Although it's more the fact that she, you know, not very subtle about it. Like there's no. But she wasn't know. behind the bleachers with the other yeah, eighth grade. Yeah, yeah, she was yeah, in yeah. the middle of the floor. Yeah, she's in the middle of her palm routine. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm sure the rest of the time she's a sweet girl. I uh, maybe we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. He says unconvincingly. Yeah, I'm not that convinced. Plus, that neck tattoo had a swear in it. Well, folks, it's time for another episode of the Paternity Test to send the kids to school with a bag of LSD Sour Patch Kids. Follow us on Twitter at The Dad Test, like us on Facebook, and visit our website, paternitypodcast.com, or email us at paternitypodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget, you can catch us every Tuesday at chicagoparent.com. Call our voicemail at 657-BAD-DADS and tell your friends about the show. And please be like Patrick and consider a donation to the show via our PayPal link at paternitypodcast.com. All right, everybody, remember, your beige foods could be the life of the party. Just add more buffalo sauce. And until next time, best of luck passing the paternity test. (laughs) 